gratia Dei, in me vacuo ad und fuit, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The grace of God has not been void in me, not been empty. The grace of God, says the Apostle, has not been given me in vain. Today's feast of the Apostle of the Nations is especially compelling for sons of St. Benedict. I say this because the Holy Rule from the first page to the last is shot through with what shall I call it, a kind of Pauline passion. <coughs> St. Paul marks the Holy Rule and the life of the monk in three ways, three ways that in some way correspond to the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, but I should like to look at them in this order, faith first, and then charity, and then hope. The first grace that we see in Paul and the first grace that fills us with wonder when we consider St. Paul is his faith in Christ. Shio, says the Apostle in the intro, it, I know the one in whom I have put my trust, understand by that, the one upon whom I have staked my life. For St. Paul, faith is the expression of a boundless confidence that compels a man to abandon himself blindly, madly to Christ. For St. Paul, Faith is not something up here, but rather something that takes possession of a man from the heart and then shapes, no, reshapes a man in the image of Christ. Faith is that by which a man makes himself over to Christ and with Christ makes himself over to the Father as one victim. This is the faith that we discover on every page of the Holy Rule. It isn't often said, but it ought to be taught that the rule of St. Benedict is Holy Pauline. I've learned that over the years. And the second work of grace in the Apostle, is his mad passion for Christ. Paul knows himself as a man loved by Christ, loved even in his sin. And Paul responds to this mad love of Christ for him 
with a mad love for Christ. This, of course, emerges from the rule of St. Benedict, doesn't it, in St. Benedict's sober language, to prefer nothing whatsoever to the love of Christ. For the apostle, and for St. Benedict, and for a monk, the love of Christ is that by which one begins to live one's life in such a way that it makes no sense apart from the love of Christ. In fact, this is the essential, incontrovertible witness of a monastery in the church. What is a monastery but something that makes absolutely no sense apart from the love of Christ. And the third aspect of Pauline grace is utter confidence in the grace of Christ, complete reliance upon the all-sufficient grace of Christ, it is grace, grace, and then grace. And this is wonderfully expressed in the chants of the Mass today. I'm sure you, you sensed it as you <coughs> sang, uh, notably the gradual. For us monks, the meaning of the text is drawn out, made clear to us by that melodic vesture woven by the Holy Ghost for the Word. The Word dispensed daily in the sacred liturgy is not mere text. What is text but letters on a page? Word is something else again. Word comes to us hot and moist, I want to say, on a living breath. So in the sacred liturgy, it's not mere text, but a living word. And the Holy Ghost devises for this living word a kind of melodic vesture that, just as the vesture of the dancer prolongs the movement of the body. When, when you look at, a, at the ballet or when you look at a dancer, you, you'll often notice that the garments of the dancer prolong the movement of the body and somehow make it stand out more. So too, the vesture woven by the Holy Ghost for the Word of God in the liturgy that is the chant. And the chant then becomes uh, a kind of exegesis of the Word of God. And it's helpful sometimes to look at how the Word is developed, amplified, amplified uh, by the melody of the chant. And so today I found this particularly striking in the gradual. Ample development is given to 
gratiam Dei quae data est mihi. The highest point in the gradual, the highest melodic point was over the word gratia. Did you notice that? It's hugely significant. It's the liturgy's way of saying, this is about grace. It's all about grace. See the work of grace in Paul and open yourself to grace. And then, in the verse of the gradual, it comes back to this developed treatment of grace, <coughs> but the emphasis shifts from gratia to a very long, developed amplification of the genitive day, the grace of God. And the melody <coughs> simply doesn't <coughs> say God. It sings in great cascades of notes, God. It's an extraordinary treatment of the word. And we're given this so that by means of this quasi-sacramental sequence, cascade of notes, the word may not only strike the ears and illumine the mind, but descend into the heart and begin to change one's life. And the verse of the gradual ends, uh, uh, said, Gratia eus, but his grace, semper in me maneth, remains in me always. These are three particular benefits offered us on today's Feast of St. Paul. Faith in Christ, a passionate love for the person of Christ, and utter reliance on the grace of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.